All right. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that painting is taking shape nicely. Yeah. It's coming along. It's Pretty looking, happy with it. Looking quite dramatic now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least from the far away view. I mean, I can't see too well, but it, it's like, yeah, I like it. It's got, got everything going for it. Yeah. It's coming together. I'm like, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Everybody that sees it is that is like, Oh, is that some like psychedelic trip or what? Yeah, kind of, but <laughs> like, just like every day. Of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my daily dose. It's yeah, not exactly. really the super fantastical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. So you uh, too will yeah. be able to talk about these things casually, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn man, how's that happen? <laughs> it's from experience and doing it and living it. You know, then it just becomes part of your everyday. So you know, I don't know. You can hold both those things at the same time. It's wicked fucking cool. And at the same time, it's like, meh, okay. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, like, you know, you stop even with like, you know, even as far as like dreaming, like I don't write down all my dreams anymore, you know? Cause it's like holding part of its energy there. Right. So it's, what do you mean by holding part of its energy, the energy there? Well, because, you know, writing is like in, in a lot of ways, writing is the first act of manifestation, right? You're taking a thought that's invisible in your head that you don't even know where it came from. Some inspiration, whether it's a, you know, um, you know, converging of, all of the things that you've done in the past, things that you want in the future, things that you're doing right now to facilitate that, that all coming together in a node that is, you know, a kind of a, maybe a unique way, a novel way at this point to put that together and make it all come together to help and, and produce a certain result or whether that idea comes from a combination of that. Cause it's never devoid of you, right? It has to come. I mean, we never have like, if you think about it, it's impossible to have a thought that isn't within the scope of your comprehension. Like you may not know the details of how to make something happen, but it's like, if I said to you, you know, like um, go in and have an idea about something you have no reference point for, or right. you just be like, that's not possible. Yeah. It's not like saying, you know, think about this physics equation, you know, because at least, you know, like if you don't know anything about physics, you know that it has to do at least with equation. It has to do with numbers, probably some letters, <laughs> some parentheses and lots of different markings that are unique to that or whatever. And, um, you know, so you have a, you know, you have a, even if you don't know anything, you have an idea around it. It's something you can sort of comprehend at least the understanding of the words right but to get a completely novel idea i mean <clears throat> out of nothing mm. it's not really possible if it's not within the context so there's always an element of you that's in the inspiration right because it has to be framed 
in some ways within at least the border edges of an experience you've had or things that you've done Mm -hmm. or things that you know other people have done you know like it's in the human realm that's where that collective unconscious comes from right so we don't know how much of that and how much of other you know the one or or an aspect of the one that's you know putting it in a way that's articulate enough for you to actually have like an inspiring thought right and and then you write that down as soon as you write it down you've manifested it right you've put it into something you've you've taken something invisible and made it physical on the page and so you know that's why at least writing down initially those thoughts are really good right because now it's separate. It's got a life of its own on that page. It could be burned. It could be destroyed. It could be thrown away, or it might be thrown in a in a drawer that you're just going to save for later that that never comes or comes ten years later where you're cleaning out and you you find it and now you've had ten years of experiences and you go you instantly understand how to make that work. Mm-hmm. You, you know. So maybe it did nothing in the beginning. It was just a cool idea to put down. But then, you know, everything sort of wraps around your experiential, you know, journey. And then, you know, then you have context for that and you can flesh it out a little bit more, right? And actually do something with it. I mean, I have plenty of ideas that I've written down over the years and still haven't acted on. Because, I'll, you know, I'll come across it when I, you know, when I need it. I'm so how does that very relate? confident in that. So how does that relate to what you were saying about not writing down your dreams? Well, because I don't want to, you know, um, I want all of my energy to be in the dream, right? I don't want some of that energy to be pulling on those things, you know, on into a physical manifestation. I don't want to anchor any of my energy to those things that are just like, okay, this happened, this happened, you know, I'll write down uh, the things that I think are just the major points that are important. You know, if, if I'm doing something technical, it's literally, it's an instrument of memory in a way, you know, or, you know, again, sometimes, well, you know, it's like when we were doing the back and forth with um, the questionnaire and that kind of stuff, right. It's like, we could go back and forth, but until we, but when we really tried to narrow it down, the next thing was you wrote all the answers out and then we reviewed the answers, right? And we came with a more consolidated and pointed ideas about certain things that might've been vague at the time, yeah. right? So it is sort of in a way, um, part of it is just our bent as well, as far as you know how we uh, can uh, discern information in a logical way that makes sense. Well, it's funny because what you're talking about is like, you know, basically kind of a marketing questionnaire. And we're going through all these questions Mm. that kind of help to frame what we do. Right. We present it to people, but like in a way that um, is concise, right? And so it really puts a lot of pressure on the process to become more highly articulate about your even your own thoughts about what you do and what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. I mean, it's like think about like again, you know, going over the the program that I did for learning strategies. Why was it the most extensive course they ever did? And why is it, you know, why did it take so long to produce? I mean, normally you're, you're, there's 
yeah. the four elements manifest the four elements manifestation stuff you know it, because literally the hardest part i mean normally the other things that i've done for them have taken you know six months no more than a year you know but right around that timing depending on how big it was right yeah um but this one took like god it must have taken two and a half years some of which was during the pandemic so i even had more time to work on it right and um and the biggest reason for that was just that like how do you take something that you've taught for a long time but then um not to diminish it but rend it down to the most basic information somebody could have that doesn't know anything and take them successfully th through the program that's a that's a lot you know it was a lot for me to start you know i mean some of those scripts i had to literally rewrite from beginning um except for maybe the opening paragraph you know because it was just so dense with stuff and it's like that's the problem right as soon as you start getting into the density of it it's like there's always more that can be added and then there's more background information you have and so it was a real conundrum for me to figure out you know how can i take this you know huge thing like like um what we had said to you know um someone else about you know that program normally would take years to go through normally you know if you if you're adding in all the foundational stuff and you're adding in all the little intricacies around the foundation parts that you're putting together and how to tie them together you know well that takes a long time because you 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 can't um you know let's say you have a normal um maybe you have a higher than normal level of ability in a certain territory but that doesn't always extend into everything right so um you know, you may need to work longer on other parts because it all has to be integrated, right? It all has to be a system that goes together, not random pieces that are just eclectic and and then it just becomes garbage at the end, right? Each piece is okay, but you put it together and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, they, each piece doesn't support the next piece, which is has to be with a system. Which, yeah, that's a really, <laughs> that's kind of an interesting point, right? Because like, I never really thought about that as a thing in an, in itself like how um I, I guess that's something that I've taken for granted as I've worked with you but it was always one of my biggest issues early on in any of my like when I was working with the four winds and stuff was like it was like here's these techniques like here's these ideas it was like how does all this stuff like fit together like now that I've gone through this like workshop and I have these yeah these like new kind of ideas or philosophies or you know techniques or tools you know like what am I supposed to do with this stuff now <laughs> right but what like but ever I mean but then that was one of the biggest things like when I started working with you was like uh you kind of introduced that idea of a system and you know taught me you know we started with like the tree of life and you know, Kabbalah and stuff like that. And it was like kind of fleshing out. Um, let's, let's, cause it's, it's like I was saying earlier, like I think probably for a lot of people, what they want is similar to what I want, which is like, you don't just want 
your spiritual practice to be a very uh, important aspect of your life, but ultimately to like become your life. Like there's no difference. Right. And so like that unity of like my physical life and my spirituality goes hand in hand with that idea of working with a, a system or practices where everything that you do is part of a greater whole, both like mentally, physically, energetically. Um, but that's like a big, that's like a tall order, you know? Well, I always think of the analogy of like a rug, you know, like a handmade rug, you know, it's like, you know, some people will try to, uh, you know, the, the real foundation of the rug is the warp and the weft, right? Those are the heavy, heavy, you know, either wool or cotton fibers, right. That are like, you know, big strings, right. But they're very, you know, some of them are made out of different things, but they're, it's the strength of the rug, right? And everything, that, you know, the picture that you're producing on the rug, whether it's just a single color or, you know, but at the more intricate, like oriental carpets, you know, it's like these tapestries almost of life, right? And so, but the idea is that they're all based on the strength of the warp and the weft, right? So, the idea is, again, that how dense that is, how tight that is, that all lends to the value and the of the rug because it can be either, um, you know, thin and flimsy or it can be really thick and solid, right? Like almost like like a floor <laughs> to the for the most part. But it depends on that that warp and the weft, the, the strength of that. It's not just the beauty of it, right? It's like literally like how thick it can be is a lot dependent on how how strong that warp and weft can be that foundational part everything is built on that and what we're saying is you know some people have made the warp and the weft out of their relationships and then they're trying to produce finance out of that a picture of finance a picture of success and security you know a picture of health in one way or another, a picture of their spirituality on that, you know, superimposed on that. And basically what we're saying is the warp and the, what we're trying to do is produce a warp in the weft that is, you know, your spiritual life. And that that is the foundation and that all pictures can come from that, all densities. And, you know, to what degree do you want that, you know, rug, you know, there's, look, if your warp and your weft is so, loose and so big that you know you might want to put a picture of a dog on it but it looks like you know like a pixelated dog you know and it doesn't look like a dog you know and you have to have a very strong very densely woven warp and weft in order to produce something that's way more intricate and way more beautiful right so that's sort of the idea if that foundational part is not strong or, and I'm not saying that those, that, that let's say a, a relational warp and weft couldn't produce those other things, right? It's like, you can produce those other things, but it just seems like you have to move, you know, a, a lot of boxes around to get it to do that, right? It's like, you've got to, you know, you've really got to push, you know, like, um, it's not always a direct thing. Like, you know, how does building, you know, an incredibly strong relationship base, you know, produce 
you know, a financial success to the degree that you wanted in your life. If you have really lofty goals that way, a great relationship can, can do that, you know, can help support in, you know, things that are obvious in the beginning, but the more intricate things, it's not like, you know, unless you have a wife, that's like a, you know, incredibly astute, high level business person, they might not be able to, you know, just through your loving relationship, be able to advise you on the intricacies of, you know, the financial end of scaling a business or doing that kind yeah, of but stuff. But don't you think that that's kind of, um, well, maybe I'm wrong about this, but do you think that that's a fairly unique perspective on spirituality? I because, do. Yeah. Because, because, I, because I like most of the, tra the major traditions are be good now, get your reward later. Or even like, it doesn't even have to be that idea of like being good now so you can get to heaven, but, but even the idea of spiritual enlightenment in a more mystical tradition, I think a lot of that is definitely, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not well-versed enough in those traditions, like, you know, uh, yoga or something, but it definitely seems like it's more related to health, well-being, and ultimately um, enlightenment or mystical experiences. Um, and, not... and, you know, a lot of it is telling people that they need to be, you know, that their, their physical existence in some way needs to be detached from their spiritual. Right. And that's exactly the opposite of what we're saying. You know, it's like, again, from my utilitarian standpoint, your spiritual life should be so integrated that you can't separate it from your other, the other aspects of your life. It, it permeates every aspect of everything that you do. And because of that, you always have How long did it an take infinite well source to draw from. How long did it take for you to see things that way when you were like, do you remember what it was like kind of before, like, when you started your training and cause as a young person, you were having like your own kind of spiritual experiences or energetic experiences, like by yourself in the woods, like that kind of thing, growing up in a rural area, rural area. And then you started a more formal training, much more rigorous, um, in kind of a temple scenario. Um, and, uh, and do you remember when, like you made, you kind of had that transition from my spirituality is like its own dimension of my life and my experience and my physicality is like, that's its, its own thing as well. And obviously the spiritual part enhances my physical part because it enhances me or my fulfillment in life or my own peace of mind or well-being or strength or health, or, you know, obviously we wouldn't do it if it didn't have some impact but, um, but, it, but do you remember that transition from like, they're separate to like, they are one thing? Yeah, I do. I remember, uh, pretty clearly, actually, I mean, timing might get a little, <laughs> a little skewed, but, um, I would say, let's see, where are we now? Uh, 23 almost. So, um, going back. I, I I would say it really hit home 
maybe about 25 years ago, you know, where that really came together as an idea because of through experience, right? And I remember that I re even remember the, the situation, which I was just taking as sort of a, you know, the, a situation that was the catalyst for that, for that thought coming through first, right? Um, I, was, I was enthralled with every part of my life, you know, but at the same time, um, I always felt like, um, and this happened over the course of probably, you know, from the time that I first thought about it and the time that it actually came about in a different understanding and then a different application, right? From that understanding, um, I was going back and forth between like, I, I always felt like I should be doing something else regardless of what I was doing at the time. So, and to explain that a little bit more. So when I was doing my uh, spiritual practice, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was distracted from that, but I'd always have these fleeting thoughts, you know, I'd have these fleeting thoughts of like, oh, I really should spend more time with the kids, or I really should spend more time with my wife, or I really should, you know, like, ah, oh, I could be doing more with, you know, my practice, or, you know, like, I need to take care of these things, too, you know, and so, and then when I take care of those things, and be all in on that, and then I'd find my mind going, well, you know, well, if you really wanted to get help with this, you should do some more burning meditation, get rid of the shit, you know, or you really should, you know, do this or, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, it just got to be this sort of untenable. It got to a fever pitch over the course of a year where, you know, I was, I was almost having regrets about anything that I would do, you know, because I was thinking I should be doing something else. Like the priorities kept getting shifted so much that they were bleeding into whatever I was doing, which was causing me to be distracted in everything. And that brought me to a crisis, you know? So it was like, there was a very cathartic moment. I remember that and thinking, you know, there's gotta be a way to integrate this, but not without, without sacrificing to, in a way, like, I don't want to be a hermit and cut away my family and cut away my, you know, uh, financial stuff and, you know, or reduce it down so much that, you know, I don't have resources to do things that I want to do. Um, <clears throat> and vice versa. Right. So it's like, I want to be fully present, you know, with my kids, my wife, when I'm there and not like always thinking, oh, I should be, you know, hmm, this is getting boring. I could be doing, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> burning meditation or whatever, right? So, um, so that just kept building and building and building, and and it it basically, you know, was driving me crazy at the end. And I think that that, you know, elicited this cathartic state at one point where it was like. Oh yeah. After pondering that problem and keep throwing it back, you know, to the mirror and, and hitting me again and throwing it back and throwing it back and just kind of, you know, reflecting on it constantly. What do you mean by the mirror? Just reflecting on it, you know, like, like asking myself those questions, asking the one, those questions or any aspect, you know, like, how do I do this? You know, 
I mean, there's got to be a way. I just, I'm not sure. <clears throat> Is it just, you know, completely, and I've, and I tried some of these that, you know, it's just like, I'm going to be completely focused on this thing when I'm in it, you know, and I'm not going to let it, well, you know, as soon as you tell yourself, you're not going to be distracted by a certain thing, you know, you're distracted by that thing all the time. It's like, you know, do a meditation and tell somebody, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you do, don't think about the blue donkey. You know, it's like, <laughs> here comes the blue donkey, you know, from beginning to end parading through, you know, it's like, you can't just like, you know, take yourself out of those situations. So, um, you know, because resistance is just adding more energy to it as well, right? It's like, you know, you have to be able to, it, it's more about a, a balance and looking at those, uh, uh, you know, what is it that, you know, under, I mean, I think that's finally what asked, you know, or had me ask the question, you know, to myself was like, you know, you can make an argument for all of these things. And they are, you know, for putting the warp and the weft, so to speak, with any of the aspects of your life, you can make that the foundation of your life. But is it efficient that, you know, um, that all the other ones can spring out of that? You know, can your health spring out of, you know, a, you know, a completely perfect, you know, relationship, whatever that means for each person, you know, but what was the transition? Like it was, um, it made me relax. <laughs> Oddly enough, I went from a, like a fever pitch, you know, angst. Cause you like said like everything the, down. The first stage was, was you deciding that you would be completely engaged and focused on whatever you were doing at the time and not distracted by thoughts of like, Oh, I should be doing something else or I could be doing something else or I should be working on that. Or, and that just, you know, I mean, I could do it, but it would drive up. My it would make it worse, make it worse. Yeah. Cause like you'd be in your meditation thinking about your finances or thinking about your relationship or you <clears throat> time with your family or whatever. And then when you were spending time with your family thinking, Oh man, I didn't do enough of this practice or I should be doing more of this meditation or I'm not doing enough. I, yeah. Or here's a great idea. I should be able to write this down right now. No, I've got to stay here and build a, you know, a, a you know, a 12 piece puzzle with a three-year-old, you know, it's like <laughs> <clears throat> for the thousandth time. You know? <laughs> so like, but, so what, but what, what happened, what happened that, that actually made the difference i mean was it just the natural because i think a lot of times for us like you were saying that crisis moment can drive you to a new understanding and perceptual shift because you don't have any other option but but do you like do you what, like what do you remember about it like specifically around the idea of like spirituality and physicality being one thing well i think uh i think again you know for me <clears throat> my routine you know i mean everybody's got a different routine right for sort of sorting that stuff out some people make it really elaborate i tend not to i mean and i again i i sort of it wasn't my idea. I mean, I just took it as a, 
you know, the way that my original teacher would do it, um, be, maybe he was taught that too, or it could just be his bent. And because, you know, I put so much trust in him and, and did, you know, whatever. Um, I just noticed that that worked for him and that maybe just from that interaction, it worked for me too. So, you know, when things get to a fever pitch like that, I mean, everything starts to collapse from, or in the past, everything starts to collapse for me, right? Like, you know, everything starts to break down. And so it becomes this thing where it's like, okay, you're not, you know, where you want to be with your relationships. You're not where you want to be with your health, you know, not anything dramatic, but like maybe you're just not getting enough sleep or whatever. Right. Um, you know, you're not, you know, um, taking action, like let's say in your business or your practice or whatever you have, um, that, you know, you should be doing, you know, or you think you should be doing, it's like everything starts to implode a bit. And for me, um, that's one of those things that causes me to be not restful. You know, it's like, there aren't very many things that will keep me from sleeping. I get a chance to sleep. So, but that's one of them. And so, <clears throat> you know, I would just, I would start, you know, writing out questions about, about that and late at night when nobody else was up and, <clears throat> you know, with my, my drink in hand or whatever. And so just something to sort of not make me so tense, not make me so um, uh, self-critical as well. Right. Just write these questions out and like, think about them and then answer them if you can, you know, that type of thing. And um, so, and I just remember, you know, part of it was looking at past events for me and saying like, anytime I really had um, some kind of dilemma in any uh, territory of my life, even if I would try to fix it in what we would consider the normal ways, right? And physical reality, you know, put more time in, do this, get more education about that, you know, understand it more, all important things, right? But, <clears throat> excuse me, but it was, um, I noticed that <clears throat> when I would really get movement on those things in a positive direction, it was because, you know, I took them, I took those um, problems to, you know, my spiritual practice. You know, I would make those the focus instead of looking at these abstract things or whatever, I would, I would utilize everything that I knew um, technique wise to, uh, to enhance my understanding, to see things more clearly, the problem at hand, and then what actions to take to move it into a, a better place, you know? <clears throat> so in the end, I mean, that's where this thought came from, right? Was that every time I've ever had a problem that wasn't, you know, at least I didn't have the ability or uh, uh, the wherewithal to, uh, be able to solve it on that level, I'd always bring it to my spiritual practice. And as soon as I did that within a very short period of time, things would start to move for me, 
in the di positive direction. Didn't matter if it was uh, success and finance or health or, or relationships, right? It was like, that was the thing that moved the needle. And so I thought that, that w really became the warp and the weft of, you know, the tapestry of my life, you know, that everything else was an outcropping of that. And so it just made more sense that if that was the resource that I was always kind of holding in reserve and then going to, you know, when I got stuck with the other stuff, why am I wasting time getting stuck with the other stuff when I could bring it here and make my actions more efficient and more effective, right? So that's basically how that came about, but it came about not from some, you know, you know, step-by-step -step process, but for me, it was through catharsis, right? Where it was like, you know, my, what I had built was breaking down and I wanted to, you know, remedy it in the best possible way that I could move forward with not having to, you know, build it to a certain plateau and then have it start to crumble and then fix it again and then have it start to crumble and then fix it again, you know, like it just didn't make any sense to me in the end. So knowing that that was, um, not seeing it while you were in it, not seeing it while I was in it, but but looking in hindsight and saying, you know, this is the pattern that's constantly come up for me. So what if I stop wasting time, you know, or putting too much time into something that's only going to give me a partial, um, uh, a partial effect for this, when I could go directly to the source and say, you know, what's the most efficient step for me to do next to, to, if I can hold a clear picture in my mind of what I want, you know, what's the most efficient step for me now, where am I right now? And what's the next step I can make to make that better or closer to the picture that I'm looking for, you know? So, uh, you know, that, that just started to unfold for me when I had that realization and, and, and I've been working on that ever since. And that's basically oh. what we're teaching people at Do Be Silent is, you know, you know, that's the, that's sort of the, the presupposition is that, you know, the warp and the weft of your life, you know, you've tried all these other ones, they work partially or not at all, or, you know, they've had bad impact. So, you know, but, um, so how would you make something that's, you know, has infinite depth to it, how would that, how would that be to use as the, you know, to weave oh, the rest mean... of your life around, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like if you, to go back to the the dreaming thing, um, it's kind of like, it, I, I always, I, I wanted to ask you about this, like, a, a bit, but I think you're kind of alluding to it when you were saying how you don't write down your dreams like as much anymore, or your do you, your maybe your regular dreams, or do you write down your lucid dreams, or do Not you just much. don't I write remember down? those? Yeah, unless it's something specific. It's kind of like you don't journal about your daily life. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, writing it... down your lucid dreams would be like the same as like writing down like what happened yesterday just yeah it's like so that, you know it's like, uh, nobody would ever accuse me of being john boy walton you know <laughs> i don't know who oh that. it's like the waltons and he was like uh you know it's supposed to all come from his you know 
diary or daily journal or whatever of just stuff that was happening in life and the questions that he had about things and you know just trying to was it like a show or something or... yeah was, well, oh. way back way back in the oh, day okay. <laughs> ask nina she'll she'll give you the blow by blow if you really want to torture yourself over it but um <laughs> um i don't know it's it's yeah it's it's just one of those things where it's like you know i try not to again if if the general idea is that flow is good and stagnation is bad <clears throat> it's kind of like why are you keeping all those clothes that you never wear? You know, it's like you get rid of them, right? You give them away, sell them, give them away, do whatever you want, you know, but it's going to, it's, it's releasing energy that you have stored somewhere. It's not moving. It's not, but you keep it's not your in old, the flow anymore, but you keep your old journals. Yeah, I do because they're more like reference books, right? Just like, you know, as people would say, I mean, like everybody's so, you know, gaga over, you know, like if you're in the magic thing or the, you know, or any aspect thereof, right? It's like, you know, people's grimoires or whatever. It's like, well, grimoires were just, you know, those are just, you know, somebody's diary of shit that they did that either worked or didn't work. They're base notes. You can't get much out of those if you don't have a background in that that knowledge, right? So, I mean, it was basically those were written for their students <laughs> if they had them, right? Or somebody else that, you know, practiced the same type of thing. These are the things that they, you know, that they wrote out meticulously because, um, uh, you know, as a, a journal of what they had gone through and what worked and what didn't work for them. So, but without, I mean, you could take any, you know, real grimoire and write out the diagrams in there and if you and go through the motions but unless you really have a deeper understanding of what that is it's not going to do shit for you you're just wasting your time you know so it's not like those things are inherently you know power generating things i mean i think that's the problem that most people think about you know those esoteric practices is that they're they're goofy because they're just odd names or whatever that people repeat or, uh, you know, um, funny diagrams that people write out and they look like you could see them on any, you know, spooky TV show, little flashes here and there. They all use them, um, <clears throat> but they don't really have any true effect, you know, of just, if you don't have the background information, they don't do anything. You know, it's like, they're very, very, very little. There's very few things that would actually have some kind of impact on your life by themselves, you know? So. I, it, that, I mean, that's one of the big problems in spirituality right now too, is that like, there's just so much of that stuff available. It's like, how and, do you- And so much wait? more being translated every day. <clears throat> but you seem to have like waded through a lot of that material and found out for yourself, at least like what is worth your time. And yeah. I'm sure there's other stuff that still like intrigues you. Oh, sure. You know, and you're like, Oh, it'd be cool to have time to explore that or to try that or to see if this 
technique works or this, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, again, that's why, you know, for us, the other thing is why we're not so vested in specific traditions or whatever, right? It's like, you know, um, there are basic axioms that fall, you know, that are, that almost any tradition, you know, they would have to, they do in some way or another give credence to those things. And so learning those principles or those axioms, you know, is a way for you to decipher through all those other things, right? And if it doesn't have anything to do with them or it counteracts them, it's probably something that's broken or you don't have enough information to, um, to understand it. Remember that, look, if my teacher wrote out his notes for me, he would understand how much I already understood and he wouldn't have to go back over those basic things, right? He would assume that I had already mastered a certain level of foundational techniques that he wouldn't have to spell that out for me. Right. Yeah. So it's, I remember it's, it's more like a, you know, grimoires are more like a, if there is such a thing, like a, 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 a five, six, seven, eight, oh, one class, not a one one class. Right. You're not going from the basics. You're getting the end result of decades of information sometimes, you know, sometimes more than that. Right. If it's, if they're building on other people's work, but you'd have to have the basic understanding of that in order to be able to under, not just understand it and read it, but be able to make it actually work. Yeah. I mean, that's the tricky situation that we're in because like you, I remember in the beginning of working with you, you would say stuff like that. You would say things like, oh, well, you can, you know, you could read through a text or you could read through a grimoire or you could read through a book or whatever. And, uh, or maybe there's even like a, a ritual or something or a meditation in that book. And you could look at it and basically say like, oh, this, this technique, the way it's written out wouldn't actually work. But if you changed this part of it, then it would, you know, because you kind of have this like principle understanding of like you're saying these axioms or, um, principles that you can bring to it and then even or or even when you're reading uh something you can uh, be reading through it and and evaluate what aspects of the information are most important for you or that align with those principles or flesh something out for you but then uh anything that's based on that just that specific tradition or more of the religious like dogma aspects of something you can kind of you know, not, but getting to a point where the distinction between religious dogma and energetic principle is, you know, being able to do that is, I mean, that's like a process. Like, it's funny that I don't even, I honestly don't even remember when that I would not, I don't think I could pinpoint when that shift happened, <laughs> but I, but like, I just, like I was, you know, reading, one of the chapters in um, the inner meaning of the Hebrew letters last night. And, uh, you know, I'm reading about pay, you know, the letter pay and, uh, and I'm reading through it. And, and it was like, literally my mind is just like the, almost like a sifter, you know, it's just like, here's the, you know, look almost like reading for energetic principles or like to understand like the character or persona or energy of that letter relative to how I would be 
applying or utilizing or working with it in my practice, but without being confused by or you know whatever any of the religious stuff that's like that's that's in there so i think yeah it's just i do you it's like <laughs> there's it's like there's not even i think the thing that maybe we're trying to develop is like a system for transitioning into that place in some ways or yeah. <clears throat> or a process or even a resource that makes that transition available because because it's not like some on off switch, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and everybody will, you know, um, I think, you know, the, another good point to make is that, you know, you can't compare to anyone else as far as, you know, their progress or, you know, compare your progress to their progress, right? Because everybody's a fingerprint, everybody has different life experiences. Um, and, uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to shade in what you, how you do these practices, right? It's like, it's going to make it more individual for you. The principle is the same, obviously, you know, you can't break that, but <clears throat> the way that it, the way that you integrate it, the way that you understand it will be in some ways, very unique to you, right? Because of your life experiences to this point. I mean, like, think about it. Like, honestly, if you think about it, like, <clears throat> how um you know like think back to the beginning of our interactions you know how what percentage would you say that um even though i would say that the interactions were generally positive you know how many times you know either in the doing it or, you know, taking that information away and trying to work with it or whatever, how much, you know, how, what, what percentage of the time were you frustrated about doing that stuff? Or like the results that you were getting was frustrating. It's tough to say because well, the results I was getting being frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think the hard part for me is that I'm all, I'm still not satisfied with my own capacity. Me or, either. I know, but isn't that, <laughs> I, I know you feel that way, but it's, it's so ridiculous that we feel that way. Like that's so like, I, I know it's I, okay. So, I mean, to me, it's hard because it's like, there's the balance of between like, I had a ton of enthusiasm for doing these, the practice. And so when you would give me stuff to do, like I would like really throw myself into it, you know, like I wasn't just like, Oh, maybe I'll just try and whatever. It was like, sure. you were like, Hey, do this practice or do this thing. And I would, I would like, like really did it. Like I threw myself into it. So there were, there were, a lot of experiences and a lot of changes happening, you know, around me and a lot being stirred up internally that was uncomfortable, you know, so there was that too, but, um, uh, so yeah, I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure how to answer the, the, the question really, like what percent of the time was I frustrated by not being able to apply what you were saying and get the result that I wanted basically because of what, like a, like a, language barrier or an understanding 
barrier or whatever. I mean, I think that's still motivation for, um, you know, even these conversations that we have. And in some ways it's like, I'm always trying to assimilate your understanding of, of, of things, your picture of spirituality and apply it better and better in my own practice, because I, from my perspective, you do it, you do it so well. So naturally it just seems like second nature to you being able to uh, move in and out of um, an energetic perception or spiritual experiences. Like even your, even like when it comes to something really simple, right? Like uh, relaxation, right? You're always talking about how important relaxation is and giving me this concept from the beginning of profound relaxation where the body is completely relaxed. You have no physical sensation and your mind is completely awake and aware in that scenario of not feeling like you have a body anymore, essentially. Right. And it's yeah. like, for you, you've <clears throat> trained that so much that that's a, that's something that you, you do as naturally as, you know, like here, I'll give you an example. Right. So I know. So <clears throat> so I'm, you know, we were talking about this painting in the beginning, right? Yep. Right. And you know, you look at like the, you know, the fire and there's like a guy standing by, I don't know if you, how well people can see it, but you know, and there's like these animals and the smoke and the moon and the stars. And like, I'm working on it. I'm building up all these layers to like kind of create this image that is surrealistic, but hyper-realistic at the same time. So in some ways it's a good analogy for physicality and spirituality. Like it's a physical, believable representation of a spiritual or energetic experience right so it's like yep. and kind of trying to accomplish that unity um so but underlying that is this right so this is this like exercise that, this is the first layer of a painting that i'm doing of this like styrofoam ball on a table with like the on next with the light from the window coming in and illuminating this like sphere and so I'm just starting to do this like exercises as, as an example for my painting students um, and take them through like, cause I had this, this idea that I said to them, I was like, you know, you could probably take something so simple like that and actually make a very beautiful painting out of it. But uh, it would require you to apply all these, you know, very simple foundational principles of like understanding of like, uh, color temperature and and value and the geometry of the organization of a composition and stuff like that and so it's like regardless of whether I'm doing this st st stupidly simple styrofoam ball on a table is like has it's not very interesting to look at or whatever but the challenge and almost the fun in it for me is like well, can I, can I do it? Like, can I not just represent it? So it looks like hyper real, hyper three-dimensional, but also make a beautiful kind of glowing image out of it. It's like, that remains to be seen. It's a little challenge I have with myself. Well, right? I mean, that's the thing, so, right? It's like, <clears throat> but that's the, sorry, you know, so but people, but, you know, just so we can tie it into, I mean, it's an excellent example, you know, because what you're talking about is how do you animate that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you it's bring like, it to life? How do you take this inert matter, this paint that's just like 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the basis for almost any of these, you know, manifestation courses or, you know, all of this stuff. And, you know, a lot of the new thought goes around that as well. Oh, just, you know, think of the end result, end result already there. Well, you know, I understand the words. I understand the concept. I understand what you're trying to get me to do. But the application of that can be, you know, very, very, you know, <laughs> a pixelated, you know, understanding of that or a hyper real understanding of that, where that end result looks more real than, than what you're experiencing right now. You right? mean your internal, your, 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 your internal representation of that. And when so you, when like, I think of that, when you create it, that image in your mm -hmm. imagination, it can be like a lucid dream, like as real or more real than what you're experiencing physically right now. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you're looking at it and there are lots of ways to do that. You could just keep pounding somebody into doing that. And the, you know, but the way that I learned it was by applying the elements. Right. And that last part to bring your point back, you know, that last part is like, yeah, you can get the spatial orientation and the composition, right. And the geometry, right. And the, 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 the shadowing, right. And all of these things perspective, right. To make it look more three-dimensional make it look more this, but that last part, that last part, you know, of, you know, how do you make it so that it's, you know, it actually feels real. It feels real, right? It's animated. And, you know, in an elemental way, I mean, that's that last part, you know, which is the, the part of spirit, if we want to name it something, right? Um, that's the animating part, you know? So it's like, you've got the base, you know, physicality of earth. You have, you know, the emotional aspects of water, the feeling aspects of water. You've got um, uh, that intellect and motivating force of air, right? And then you've got, you know, the inspirational part, the visual part of fire, right? So, um, you know, that's all nice, put all those into place, but it's still just a really pretty realistic picture, right? Um, you know, that's like, um, I know you have a name for it in art, but it's like, you know, like photorealistic painting, right? So it looks like somebody took a photograph of it, but it's actually a painting. And, um, but many of those they still feel sterile, right? They don't have an animating factor. You know, there's something missing, which, you know, can only come from the artist, I believe. You know, it's like that integration of, you know, being, having all of those elements in place and then animating it, giving it movement, giving it life by, you know, how does that make you feel, right? Your consciousness is there. It's like, you know, that, that animating factor is coming through you and through what you're doing in those final steps, or maybe even within all of those steps, you know, how do you animate that earth when you get it, you know, there, how do you animate the water when you get it there? You know, it's like, it may be a layering process like that, but then it's like, you know, it's like building a construct and then having it move, right? It's like a lot of people can draw, but it's different between drawing and animation, right? It's like, you know, you want it to actually move like a person, if it's a person or whatever, like a dog, if it's a dog, right? It's like what, and the but more realistic that is, the better other people will respond to it.
so bringing it back to like that idea of relaxation were you and did you were you incorporating that into what you were saying or well the relaxation is having a new canvas right well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's like i mean you can paint over old stuff right but, but you'll always know that that old stuff is under there too right so but i think that that's like well i guess what i was saying was like that's my in some ways why i'm always trying to like get in your head and like try to understand it understand how you apply these principles or how you're you know what how you're practicing and things like that because I mean, God, even, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it, it's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, maybe, maybe I'll be like the best teacher ever because like, because I'm <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm such a dunce, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> that when I, when I really do get like a lot of these things, like I'll you know, like I'll be able to articulate the, you know, the process or the practice really well, because like I had such a hard time with it, you know, or. Well, I mean, I think it will bring people to that edge quicker than if they had to, you know, traverse the path on their own, you know, it'll just be quicker. We're cutting the timeline down for them. We're cutting the learning yeah. curve down, you know, but as far as their experience, I mean, like, basically their experience of falling into the abyss will be different than yours. Right. 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 And that's why so. I always like, I, I, I think one of my frustrations that I had in the beginning that I have less, some degree less of now is like you, the way that you teach, I think that you do a really good job of leaving room for other people's, the, the uniqueness of other people's uh, process um, to happen for them, right? So like when you teach relaxation, um, you know, or you teach it as a principle and you say like, okay, well, here's this like really basic um, practice to go through that. And here's why it's important. And, you know, you could wax on for like an hour about that. Um, but I think without interrupting necessarily somebody's, or, or without taking away from somebody's own approach to that, right? And I think that's what you were saying, like each of our, you know, our experience with like cultivating that capacity can be unique to each person or even the, the way that they, the technique that each person applies to getting into that space can be unique too. But the principle is that principle of like relaxation is the bridge to get into a completely internal um state of neutral yeah state of neutral but yeah i, I guess i'm st I still i still <laughs> i feel less frustrated now but it's like but it's still like oh, I, I wish that, <laughs> i wish there was like i sometimes i wish the other day i, I was thinking about this i asked i asked this question so maybe, maybe we can explore this and like a, i don't know what you think about this but so <laughs> <laughs> I asked the question. I was like, I, I said, I even said it to myself. I was like, I really, I really admire how at least my intellectual understanding of how proficiently you lucid dream. 
you know, how regular that experience is for you and how your level of control and being able to do that, moving in and out of those places and, you know, moving in and out of the waking state and the dreaming, lucid dreaming state, and then just also having it spontaneously, you know, it's like, and so I, I said, I said, I know this is, I know this is kind of a ridiculous question and, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm almost sorry for even asking it, <laughs> but I just said like, you know, put kind of put it out there. Like what's the easiest way for me to accomplish that same level of mastery or to be, to lucid dream that consistently, um, you know, what's, what's the path of least resistance for me to do that. And so in some ways, um, the rest of my day became a, you know, maybe a first wash or maybe some kind of meditation on, on what that looks like. And it was funny. And I, I, I even, I even pulled out, uh, I, I had a, a short stack of the, the 22 major arcana and mm -hmm. so I pulled a card <laughs> to see like uh, as a as a as a first you know just like a to ping on that as a as an answer like obviously to kind of explore the response to that yeah sure the rest of my day but also like here's a you know let's do this too and i pulled the tower path <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i mean i could have made an argument for any of them but that's sure that's that one's pretty on target pretty on the money right mm -hmm. and i was like and that's why i was reading about uh re selected to read about the, the the hebrew letter pay too because that's a correspondence of that path so it's just like it, you know which is interesting because again pay comes back to speech and you know the mouth power of battle voice and you know right <laughs> yeah so it's all like so I'm like okay uh I don't know when I, I guess, I don't even know where I was going with that, but um, one of the things that it uh, pinged on for me was just, again, that like the, I, in some ways, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is correct or incorrect interpretation of this, but like, I think of the tower path in some ways, even being representative of like that, again, that, unity of spirituality and physic physicality right like um like kind of tearing tearing asunder that idea of them being different right or there being a duality there and bringing those things into unity right and it's like <laughs> it's like find that so challenging to do that of course it's challenging <laughs> it's, it's one like, of the most challenging things you could possibly do in anybody's life okay like, okay let's just put like this that's so good that's hard let's put that into perspective because like because yeah and in some ways like that's i think maybe if i had to say like what's the frustration you know like you know between between principle and application or conversation and experience is just that it's like these things are easy to say, not always easy to experience or apply, right? Or to, to, to accomplish. But do you think that that's, what do you, why, why do you think, what do you think makes it 
difficult? Is it just like our belief systems, like the things I that think we so, accumulated? you know, it's just we've been indoctrinated since the day we were born into the physical reality, which is good, right? Because, I mean, you need to survive. So, you know, it's good to know what snakes are poisonous, what snakes are good to eat, <laughs> you know, what, what, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, what water's safe to bathe in and what water's not right. Or what water's good to drink and what water's not right. The physical reality is extremely important for the ability for us to stay here long enough to be able to exercise, you know, our consciousness, you know, and get some deeper understanding of our total existence, not just this lifetime, right? So, and how to integrate that information, that understanding, that knowledge, you know, not knowledge yet, right? Because it hasn't been acted on, but as soon as we act on it and revise it and, you know, revise our understanding of that information so that we can um, act on it in physical reality to make this physical life more of what we want and um and to understand which things work and which things don't right the difference between primitive and simple is primitive is things that are done you know simply but don't work you know and you know something that's simple is something that's clean and elegant is easy and it works right it's like it's it's a natural form right I mean, um, <clears throat> and I, you know, I look at that stuff all the time and it's, it's like, what, you know, what, it, what can you do? What practice can you have that, um, can be directed? You can have some, you'll get some experience from it if you apply it correctly. And then if it's information that you're going after, which is another one of those things that I'm always harping on. It's like, how do you, you, do you just take that information that you get at face value and just act on it? Or do you, you know, do you test it out, you know, on many things that don't really mean that much, you're just testing it to see if it works because if it, you know, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I mean, even at four winds, they used to tell people now when you go through this and you get all this information or, you know, you have these insights or whatever, don't make major changes in your life for the next six months or whatever it is. Don't sell your house. Don't move to Tibet. Don't divorce somebody and get somebody new. Don't, you know, like, don't just drink carrot juice, you know, whatever. Right. So it's like, <laughs> um, you know, at least even in that basic understanding, it's like, you know, you want to be able to test things out in a minor way first before you can really trust the information on a larger scale, right? There's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, it may sound like a slower process and it is a little bit, but wouldn't you rather have that assurance that, you know, you're applying these things correctly to get the outcome that you're expecting, rather than just don't do anything and bet the whole house on, you know, one, you know, one application of that principle, you know, or that information that you've gotten. I mean, that's just dumb, right? I mean, to my way of thinking, that's just ridiculous. And, 
you know, a, a huge percentage of people that go into these, let's say more, um, um, I don't want to call them alternative, but let's say, you know, you know, different types of hands-on spirituality, you know, some, uh, that, you know, I mean, again, kind of to bash them because they don't really have a basis in anything, but just generally the new age movement, you know, where it's like just a smattering of every little, every little thing that they can get their hands on the new shiny, the new, this, the new, that, and, and being a hundred percent in that, that's going to be the thing. Right. And, um, and crashing and burning on a regular basis or not applying it at all and just giving it lip service. Why do you think people crash and burn when they do that? Cause it doesn't fucking work. You know, the information that they're getting is just a fantasy of their minds. You know, they're not really getting into this, you know, they don't, they've never been instructed of even how to get into a place where um, that information can be divulged. You know, it's all very, very superficial. I mean, it's like how many, I mean, I don't know how many conferences or things of that nature you've been to. I've been to quite a few. I've presented at quite a few. And it always amazes me, even with these places that are maybe not conferences, but like their communities, right? And they'll do, oh, we're going to do a journey now. Okay. You know, it's like somebody's drumming, somebody's rattling, you know, it's like all, you know, nobody explains why drumming, why rattling, you know, so you're already, there's already those things being flipped in your mind. Um, those questions will come up later for sure for you. Um, and, um, you know, like, and they give an explanation of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Then, then when they get down to actually doing it, they give them like, okay, breathe deeply five times. And then, you know, we're going to relax our bodies and it all takes like five minutes of relaxation. And it's like, yeah, that's like five minutes is like, you know, a super master of relaxation to get to profound relaxation enough where that's going to make any difference in five minutes. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a feat, right? So basically everybody's going into it without really relaxing. They're just sort of going through the motions initially. And then they're going to go do this thing that's supposed to give you some benefit. Well, you know, that energetic benefit is trying to pierce its way through 98 or 99% physicality. You know, you still have muscle tension. You still have, you know, you may have your eyes closed, but you're still, you know, imagining, you know, you, your, you know, your ears aren't closed. You don't have enough time to relax your sound. So you're getting the drumming and the rattling, you know, smells, whatever smells are there, whatever tastes are in your mouth, whatever tactile sensations for sure, unless you fall asleep, right. <laughs> Which happens to a lot of people. <laughs> um, so it's like, without doing that, I mean, you know, any insights that you might have are, you know, the majority of that direct impact is going to be deflected by your physicality. So the idea is that you go, you present yourself as 98%, you know, mind or consciousness in that place where everything is consciousness and mind. You retrieve some information you have it and then you reintegrate yourself back into your 
physical vehicle to maneuver around in this physical space and and try to apply it and and utilize it somehow right it's like imagine you know just getting if if your whole answer was 10 words imagine only getting the first word or just the keyword but none of the other information around it how are you going to do that i mean you literally have to be a genius to figure that out if you could at all I mean, that's so, you know, they've taken what they consider to be, and it just shows you that they consider that to be like a nothing aspect of the practice is the relaxation. It's just sort of like, oh, relax your body, relax your mind and go do this nice, shiny, new, fun practice. It's like, well, you know, my way of thinking about it, it's like, what the hell is the use of that if you can't really utilize anything that you are the most minimal aspect of that. I mean, nobody's going to make a hundred dollar investment to get $2 back. Or not if you really understand what you're doing. I mean, what would be the point? You know, risk a hundred dollars and make $2. There's a, there's a sales page for you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, we want to tell you that 90% of the people lose their hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> and 90% of the, you know, 10% that are left only get $1 back. And then the, you know, like, oh, and then there's this super genius who's going to burn out in like, you know, two years, you know, he got the full $2 back, you know, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. When we put it in practical, physical terms, you see it, it becomes ridiculous. And, you know, we can laugh about it and we should, but that, that's a straight across parallel to what people are trying to do. They're, they're, you know, my thing has always been the foundational things because without those, you can't go that far. Even if you, you do hit something you know, miraculously because you did accidentally did something right. I mean, there are people that do that. You'll never repeat it because you don't have the foundational practices to be able to repeat it. And what good is it? You know, we, everybody talks about a one-off with all these things as if, you know, and that it's really not that good a thing, right? Nobody says a one-off is like, that's a valuable thing you know that that's a valuable way of doing things one off it's like no that means you just got lucky so do you think of like mastery in the foundational practices is almost like you're putting your you are actually developing the skills necessary to navigate within any types of grander experiences or dimensions, like even lucid dreaming, let's say, right? Like, oh, okay, well, you want to be lucid all the time. Can you uh, navigate that experience, control it, direct it, and then also, um, uh, you know, uh, in you know, integrate it into your life and utilize it to enhance your life? Like, can you do all those things? So like, all the foundational practices are almost like you're, you're paving the way for your, you know, so it's, it's almost like, okay, I can't get into that place all the time, like as, as proficiently as I want to, 
but by focusing on the you know like for instance um the proficiency of my re my relaxation and control of that that skill um i know that that also helps you get into that place but it's also like you're showing that you are capable of that like of of being in that place right like uh it's and even more than that i you're mean laying the groundwork you're laying the groundwork but and, and i think this point is the point that needs to be stressed here is that because you know i get the idea with even other things right that like look, doing 10,000 brushstrokes the same way is pain in the ass, right? I mean, but you know that if your end result is is driving you to do that, that you're going to have, you know, you're going to get more out of that. And I guarantee that if, I think if I asked you, you know, was it a pain in the ass? Oh yeah, man, that was like the most boring pain in the ass thing. But there were parts of it, maybe not all at the end, maybe not you know, in the very beginning and maybe, you know, a smattering through, it wasn't like once you hit a certain territory, but there were some profound insights that you got about making that brushstroke throughout doing those 10,000 brushstrokes that way. Right. So, and I think this is the point for me where the foundational stuff that it's misconstrued. It's like, look, those foundational practices can be fucking amazing. I mean, they will knock you on your ass sometimes when you realize that you've, you know, just tripped into something novel, right? And that you never even, nobody ever told you that that experience was going to be within that foundational practice. Nobody ever told you that you were going to get, you know, by doing, uh, you know, uh, let's say an hour meditation, but you got the equivalent of eight hours sleep. Nobody tells you about things like that. It's like, and so people, because of who we are in our culture, you know, we're always looking for the new, the biggest, the best, those things, right? And it's like, look, when we make it ridiculous, nobody has any, you know, I don't think, or very few normal people, <clears throat> excuse me, have um, delusions about, you know, owning their private jet because they inherently know like, you know, that would be really cool if that's your thing. Right. But at the same time, all the work that would have to go into that and be in place perfectly to acquire enough finance to be able to have that become a reality, right? Nobody's just saying like, oh, that would be great. And like really fantasizing about having it over and over and over and over again the rest of their lives, you know, but never, never taking any steps toward it, right? Well, it's the same thing with this. It's nobody, you know, nobody expects, you know, everybody, I think other places that teach these things they're constantly pushed by their students to give them more exciting things to do. And nobody wants to tell them, <laughs> except the bad guy, you know, that you're fucked in the head. You're not going to be able to do that. 
you can go through the mental exercise. You may be intelligent enough to keep the form in your mind, but you're not going to get the end results of that if you can't do these basic things first. Yeah, it's so it's a hard thing, right? It's hard to tell people, and especially if they've had experience, even if it's here's the thing. The funny thing to me is that even if they've had no good experiences from that or just a LARPing fantasy experience in their head after doing stuff in the new age movement for X number of years or whatever, it's like they still hang on to them. It's it's like the shit is worthless. Why are you hanging on to it? Not only did you waste your time on it, but you wasted your time on it excessively after you knew it didn't produce results. If I knew something didn't produce results, I'd be going back to the drawing board and say, what are the things that I need to know in order to get this to produce results? Yeah. That seems so common to me, but I don't think it's common for people. And especially around spirituality, they just, you know, my biggest, if it's a complaint, my biggest thing is that one of the biggest ways that we as a human race and the people that are, you know, uh, have had some control over larger masses of people is to convince them in some way, and I think this is the primary of religion, is that the rules of spirituality are different than the rules of physicality. And that is just not the case. So you have to start with that presumption already, you know, that that is not the case as above, so below. It's not just a platitude. It's like, look, I mean, we can go through the <laughs> sort of the, the backwards motion of this, you know, re you know, um, what do they call it when you, you know, they get some, tech and they reverse engineer it, right? <clears throat> here's the casing. This holds it together. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this. Oh, what's this little chip do? Oh, this is, yeah, right? So they're reverse engineering it. They have the full piece, but they don't know, you know, they couldn't make it from scratch, but they can take it apart, dissect it and find out what all the pieces are and then put their own version back together. So, <clears throat> and you know, when I think of spirituality like that, I mean, it's literally, but, if but, we want to take it on a technical aspect, it's just the level of analysis people are locked in. They're locked into the literal. But know? here's the other thing, too, is that, like, if you look at that as, as like, you know, a one-to-one -one relationship, like, as above, so below, like, the rules that apply to physicality apply to spirituality. Like, you could even take that as a principle, but I think part of the challenge for us even now is that for some, you know, like our, our ideas about physicality are also, uh, can be quite skewed. Of course. The philosophies that, that we entertain about how life is, we're always we're, like, I think even just figuring out what are the rules of physicality is a challenge in and of itself because we're always co contrasting how things, how we perceive things to be versus our own personal ideals and like the philosophies that we like. It's like, here's how things are versus how I would like them to be, you know? 
and even that is uh i think that's a lot of you know the stuff that's happening in the world at large is is in some ways around that as well you know it's like um i think we're all just trying to figure out like what like what are the rules of physicality <laughs> like what are the what how should we all orient ourselves um what what should our relationship be what should our functional philosophy be that actually helps us to navigate through life in a good way um because and i think that you had the benefit of that in the teachers that you've had because they were such traditionalists or they came from lineages of a very very long history of practitioners who you know it's like you're not just getting the benefit of one person's life and applying a specific philosophy and 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 living that out in practice and seeing the results of that but it's like generations and generations upon generations of that like even in some of the native traditions that you have had you know experience with and you know and even in the you know the Taoist tradition and stuff like that it's like dude, we're talking about like just you know eons of people doing right. that. so but and so i feel like when and when you are exposed to those traditions probably all of your teachers in their own way said like okay here's the philosophy and then you know here's how you can test that out and experience it like you know martial arts for instance you talk about that a lot um so you know you're kind of coming in contact with the soundness of a philosophical principle like very quickly like immediately you have a physical relationship with that principle so that you can see how it works but you know for a lot of us you know people can get trapped in this kind of like you know philosophies of you know castles in the sky like it, it right. have nothing to do with, and the hard part of i think the analogy for me with painting is like uh when i started painting from life let's say like i first started training i painted from photographs and i got really good at that and then when i started painting from life it was like all of my all of my uh the weaknesses of my foundational abilities in painting were exposed immediately right because yep. it was like and that was hard so it was like okay well either i say like oh you know painting from life is impractical i'm just going to paint from photos but for me it was like no i want the the that incredible end result that that painting from life can provide so i i'm like have to humble myself in relationship to that to that experience and say like, okay, like, obviously like I need to level up my skills. I'm the one that needs work here. If I want that, that result, like I need to adjust myself. It's like not the world that needs to be adjusted. I need to adjust myself. <laughs> you know? now, now you have the crux, you know, we live in a society now that the world has to adjust to every person. Right. Instead of people saying, you know, here's a very clear picture of the world just as it is. Here's my place in that picture, clearly, with all my foibles and whatever, and my good stuff too. I'd rather occupy this place in the picture. How do I maneuver from where I am to where that is? You know, without delusion, without, you know, whatever, whatever tools I could have. You know, if you said, you know, it's like, look, you can just, you know, there's a whole bunch of tools that you can use besides keep your nose clean and, you know, 
and, uh, you know, work your fingers to the bone every day. And I have nothing against work. You know that. I mean, it's like, I have a very strong work ethic, you know, but it's like, but I like it to be efficient too and effective. You know, it's like, I'm willing to put in the time. I just want to make sure that I'm producing the results that, you know, that, um, that I desire. And, you know, but the, I think the caveat for that is, you know, some of the experiences you have in the foundational practices are just as good as those, you know, really obscure, you know, um, abstract, complicated uh, techniques as well, you know, sometimes more so, I think, you know, so that's been my experience, it's been the experience of other people that I've talked to as well, other students that have trained, but other practitioners as well, you know, like, um, it's, not all of them, but, you know, a number it, of them. It's funny, like, I was, <laughs> we were watching a movie the other night, and uh, <clears throat> it was that new uh, Christmas movie, Spirited, with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan. Reynolds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was really good. It was so funny. It was crazy. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 and, uh, but there was one part where, you know, Ryan Reynolds runs this major corporation or whatever, and a company, it's like a marketing company. And, uh, and it, he was talking to one of his employees, you know, like, or when he was going to hire her and saying like, oh, you know, come with me, I'll, you know, you're, you're obviously really skilled and great. I'll double your pay and, you know, kind of come work for me, that sort of thing. And I was just thinking about how, uh that idea of of like a you know people tend to like kind of dislike the maybe that the tone of like a corporate environment sometimes because like i know there's like a, a lot of uh people's uh personalities get involved and like there's there's a lot of things that are antithetical to a meritocracy within the structure of corporations sometimes mm -hmm. but like in its in its ideal form uh, you know a company works in some ways as a meritocracy right or it, things should function that way as like an ideal like and obviously our own you know personal uh crap can get in the way of that functioning sure perfectly all the time but do you think that uh in some ways our spiritual like that you know you were saying like spirituality being the on par with physicality or the same the rules are the same you think spirit spirituality is kind of a meritocracy in 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 that kind of a way like in in the same way that i was saying about lucid dreaming like it's like oh well you want to be able to have this experience or function well in this place but the meritocracy aspect of it is like well you, you know you need to uh you know, acquire these skills or practice these foundational things to put yourself in that situation and to be able to function well there. It's like you limit your, yourself almost. Yeah. I mean, I think it's as close as a, if there is something as a perfect meritocracy, I would think that this was as close as we could get phys physically, you know, because it doesn't matter how much money you have. You can't buy your way into these states, you know, 
even if you could have a machine that would put you in it, you still wouldn't know what the fuck to do there if you can't maneuver around it. And if you don't have right. the controls that you need, if you've never done that, it's just going to be a, you know, Mr. Toad's wild ride, you know, that's it. You're going to have no control. You're just going to be jerked around in there. And, 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 you know, the potential for, um, you know, damage is just as high as the potential for illumination, right? It's like, and that's one of those things that nobody likes to talk nobody about. Nobody likes to you talk get, about it. You get a bad rap for <laughs> I know. I get a lot of bad raps. It's okay. I don't mind. At this point, that I, don't, many I don't really care. No, you know? you've gotten a bad rap for that in the past, yeah. let's say. But yeah. like, but, but, you know, I, because, uh, you know, I don't think people want to hear that all the time. No, they don't. They want to hear that, you know, it's so much nicer to think, you know, that the, the universe has some kind of, uh, you know, um, I don't know, fail safe security plan. If you do something wrong, it will save your ass. You know, like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you made your decision. You took the chance. You did this thing. You stepped into it. Nobody's forcing you to do that, you know? And, you know, without the right skills, it's like saying, you know, You've gotten a couple of, uh, you know, swimming lessons and now you're going to swim the English channel, you know, like you just, and then who's going to cry when you drown? Like even going, you know, even understanding the idea that not even understanding, having the experience of knowing the difference between, you know, a pool with a bunch of people in it, making the water a little bit choppy and the fricking ocean open water it's like there's so many more challenges you know it's like i don't care what you're doing you know it's like this is the thing right and so why would we think if we if everybody snickers when i say those analogies because they know it's absolutely ridiculous you know um you'd be a fool to try something like that right literally i mean you would be so and this is back to my point is Everybody, you know, not everybody, a large majority of people think that there are different rules. And it's like, there aren't. It's the same rules as here. You know, the physical reality is just a microcosm of that actuality, you know, and, and, you know, if you, if you put it in those terms, it'll always make more sense to you. It's not to scare people off. It's not to do any of those things, right? It's just to be, you know, um, serious about what you're doing, right? It's not a morbid thing. You know, it's like, it's, it just is, right? If, if you're involving yourself in these things and you, and you do stupid things, you're going to get bad results, you know? And I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, again, it's another one of those fantasies that students have, you know, it's like, oh, my teacher's so great. He's going to be like, uh, you know, like Don Juan, he's going to slap me in the back of the shoulder and I'm going to be propelled into this alternate universe and I'm going to be able to see, and I'm going to be able to interact and travel great distances and do all these things. It's like, do, 
literally think about that as if it were real. You know, you have all of this physical understanding since you've been born of what this re physical reality is like. And for the most part, everybody's saying, you know, this is all there is, you know, it's like, and, you know, whatever you do in these other things, it really doesn't have that much effect on you because it's all just in your head. Whether it's religion or meditation, practice, whatever, right? It's all just in your head. It makes you feel good. Great. We see there's some health benefits. Great. You know, we'll give you that, you know, because we tested it. <laughs> but, you know, to think that it actually has any physical, practical benefit other than those few like cursory things, um, you know, you're, that's, that's kooky, right? That's nuts. And so, so imagine having that kind of conviction and then have that completely stripped away from you instantly. You know, we're not talking about a paradigm shift. We're talking about a paradigm earthquake, you know, a cataclysm in your mind that's so powerful that only a few people could survive that for whatever reason, mental resilience, or maybe who but, knows. And don't you think that like in traditional, like traditionally speaking for like traditional shamans, a lot of them, like that's a very common theme in their initiation, whether it was a voluntary initiation or whether it was a um, in, you know, let's say involuntary where it was like, oh, well, you got initiated into this because, you know, this was just kind of you tripped into it or whatever. But there's always that possibility of like life or death or um, or some may sometimes it's an illness or sometimes it's like a vision quest where they're fasting for days and, you know, or some you know, whatever it is. But trial by fire. Right. Truly trial by fire. Right. Do you, do you, do you think it's. Do you think that it always has to be like that? I don't think it always has to be like that. I think, you know, that, you know, some people dive into the pool, you know, just dive right in. doesn't matter how cold it is, whatever they do it. And they have that experience and they get out and other people are like, you know, they stick a toe in, they walk down and stand on the first rung of the ladder. Then they walk down after a couple of minutes when they've acclimated to the next rung of the ladder. And, you know, they hop around at waist level for a while until they get used to that. And then they finally ease themselves in both ways. You're in the pool. <laughs> People have different personalities. You know, my thing is if you develop those foundational practices that if for some reason somebody dumps you out of the boat, <laughs> you're going to survive at least long enough for the boat to come back around. If not, there's a good chance your dog paddle is going to end in a very bad way. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think both methods are, you know, um, I, I don't think it's always necessary for that trial by fire or that, you know, because you really are, it's a very high risk scenario, right? You could really break your mind um, doing that if it's really like life or death kind of right, thing. Right, you know, right, right, right. You yeah. you know, you run the risk of like, I mean, I, again, I think um, 
people have desires that they want so much that they've convinced themselves that if they got that, it would be like a, initially right from the beginning, it would be this joyous event. And I think that's another fantasy of the mind. I think if you're up against, um, you know, something that so profoundly changes the way that you view the whole world, because your mind, you know, talk about circular thinking. Well, if that's not true, then this isn't true. And if that's not true, then this isn't true. You know, like, it'll just take you into like, there is nothing that's real, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it'll literally, you'll be drooling on yourself in a, you know, extra long arm suit somewhere in a, in a white padded room. Yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah. You know? so, it makes me think of that. Um, there's this great, like Norm Macdonald bit on um, one of his Netflix specials or whatever, where he goes like, what if you woke up one day and you realized that, every single thing that you thought was true was wrong <laughs> right and he's like joking about it and it's kind of funny and everyone's laughing but he's like that's when you uh when you go to the you know when you go to the rope store or you go to the rickety the rickety stool store or like whatever <laughs> you know and it's like it's so morbid and you know obviously like pretty you know dark but it's like but it's it's hilarious because like you would to some degree feel like that. you were like well, because, every single thing that you thought was true was wrong like <laughs> yeah and it's the amount of risk that's that's you know put forward right i mean that's the whole thing like if if somebody tells me that um you know i mean most of us as kids whether you're a boy girl whatever it's like you know, we've, we've all at least at one time tried to hammer a nail into a board to more or less good result, <laughs> right? And the more you do it, the better you get. But like, even if you can do it and you're decent, you know, it's like, you know, if, if a master carpenter comes along and says, hey, you know, you'll do that better if you keep this nail at, you know, this slight angle on the first hit, but you really got to smash it, you know, when you do it. And believe it or not, because of the angle of the face of the hammer and this, all these technical things that you haven't, because you, that's not your profession. You know, there's a part of you that's going like, mm, the wrists are smashed fingers <laughs> compared to, you know, a much more efficient and better driven nail compared to my, you know, feeble and anemic attempts to drive this nail in straight the way I've always done it until I can just take my hand away and go ahead and whack the hell out of it. You know, it's like, what's the, you know, risk to benefit ratio, right? And, and so, um, you know, how much more if somebody said, oh, you know, like, uh, or, you know, if you got into this stuff and if, for some reason, your thing was like, I don't know, you know, pick something wild, like seeing spirits or something like that. You know, there's been enough TV shows about that shit, you know, that it's like, you know, at least people understand what I'm talking about. And it's like, you know, but if it ever happened to you in for real, you'd be shitting yourself. You'd be frightened out of your mind right no matter how much because in your head the what you fantasize about is not going to be nearly as close to what the reality would be i'm not even saying a negative experience right like just all of a sudden grandma's here you know it's like 
you would be freaking the fuck out. You wouldn't be going like, oh my God, I can see my spiritual grandma. Give me a hug, grandma. How's it going? What's heaven like? You know, it's like, no, you'd be pissing yourself, backing up as far as you can, yelling and screaming, like, who are you? What are you doing? Ah." You know, (laughs) you're not my grandma. (laughs) Back. (laughs) It's like, that would be the reality of it, you know, at least initially, right? It's and and that's the thing. So it's like, how much more, you know, to, you know, step into, you know, what would, I don't know, it'd be considered an alternate reality or an alternate, you know, dimension is what my teacher would always say comparatively, more than like an alternate universe or something, but maybe it's the same thing. I have no idea. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah. So I think if people really desire those more dramatic experiences, I don't want to use higher, lower, whatever. It's like more dramatic experiences, more into the unknown of your daily life experience or even your whole lifetime experience rather than you know, your physical life, the more of that you want to get in there, the more crucial your foundational practices have to be. The more under your belt, you have to be able to do them. You know, the more completely profound experience, you know, relative to those techniques has to be acquired. You know, you need to be able to relax, not just your physical body, but your other senses as well. So that you're just basically a you know, a container, a physical container that your consciousness is, you know, contained within. So you need to be able to bring that into being to really get the maximum amount of your energy into your consciousness and less of it into your physicality. You know, I don't drive my car to my bedroom. I get out of my car and walk to my bedroom, right? So it's like, this is this is what it is now maybe some people don't (laughs) maybe some people take their vehicle with them in there i don't know but it's kind of like it's it's hard to snuggle in bed when you've got you know four thousand pounds of metal around you you know it's like that's the same kind of thing to me it's like you're going to a place of pure consciousness of pure mind you know it's like why do you need this piece of shit you know tagging along you know, it's like, it's just, it's just a meat suit. It's to help you in this place, but over there, it doesn't serve much function other than an anchor for, to come back to. Hmm. So why are you wasting resources on that? And if it's ultimately relaxed, then whatever you entrain to there, you can actually integrate vibrationally you bring back with you Mm -hmm. yeah yep absolutely cool cool all right well thanks man no problem this was fun yeah it was good good combo definitely (laughs) we'll uh... definitely we'll definitely rankle some feathers yeah (laughs) good (laughs) that's all right you you gotta know where you stand right yeah and for me you need to know where you stand i always find these things to be very 
very helpful reminders and the you know they give me some you know clarity because i think frustration in some ways comes from a lack of clarity you know where you're like ah oh, why isn't this working or this should be this way and it's like it's always good to be like you know to get that like refreshed clear picture so that um you know when i'm going back and doing my stuff it's like i am more settled in like what i'm doing and more present with it too you know so well that's it right you don't want it to be you know distractions take a lot of um they take a lot of energy right i mean yeah that's the thing and so even if it's you know maybe there'd be a better term for distraction but basically you know things that are unresolved before you go into it things you have questions about you know they they take energy away from you and it's like you said it's never more prevalent than when you step into something like that right it's like those you know you did great at reproducing from photographs but now that you've got a real life thing it's like it shows up all the places that you're lacking you know and need more work and so that's the same thing with this right it's like it should be used as an indicator there's no good or bad right it's like literally if i really want to achieve a you know um a specific level of experience i want to know what i want you know what i need to do in order to build that up to be able to engage it at that level right i mean there's a certain momentum that goes with that as well right as you have more of those, you know, kind of full-blown experiences, that's going to also show you where you need extra work. You know, do you want a full-blown experience for what seems like five seconds before you freak out and come back? Or do you want a full-blown out ex extension, you know, where you can be there for hours or days, um, at least not literally, but, you know, figuratively. Um, and, uh, you know, it's frustrating when you, you know, let's just say you get into a lucid dream, but then you snap back within five seconds. Once you realize you're in a lucid dream and you're like so excited and all of a sudden, boom, you're back in bed. It's like, yeah, yeah. Ah! yeah. That's what I mean. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like, instead of measuring success or failure on like, did I produce this flicker of a phenomena? It's more like measuring success or failure on like, am I developing myself successfully in a way that I know will allow me to truly experience what I want in, in, in the way that I want, you know? And, and there's a good, you know, sort of like, I think in general, there's a good gauge to mark all this stuff for people that, you know, are just sort of delving into it or experiencing it and trying to figure out if this is something for them or not, you know? And that's if, does your spiritual practice or your energetic practice, whatever you want to use, um, does that make you, does that enrich your life or does it take away from it? I think that's always a good thing to bring to thought. You know, it's not always comfortable. You know, that's sort of what started that process for me of that catharsis, right? It's like, you know, is your spiritual practice making you more of a prick? well, then it probably isn't a good spiritual practice, right? It should enhance not just you, but everyone around you. Not that you have to be of, you know, a doormat or of service all the time or any of those things. It's just a matter of like, do you, you know, radiate 
out without trying, you know, without sort of virtue signaling or whatever, do you just radiate more happiness, more contentment, more fulfillment, you know, satisfaction with what you're doing? Not, you know, not in a way that says, oh, I'm here and I'm, I don't have any desire to go any further, right? It's not complacency. It's, it's that, you know, like your family generally enjoys your company more, you know, your friends do too, you know, you make time, you seem to have time for those things, you know, you, you take care of yourself, you know, because why would I want to diminish my time? I mean, for me, I wouldn't want to diminish my time because I'm not that smart, you know, it's going to take me a lot longer to figure all this shit out you know, to the level that I want to do. So, you know, the longer I can stay here, the better. So if that means I've got to change the oil and, you know, <laughs> bring it through the car wash here and there or do all these things, it's like I, I need my vehicle to last and to be in good condition, to be preemptive about keeping it in shape, not wait till something starts clunking before I, you know, fix it. I mean, so, you know, and, and, so I think it, it, you know, like anytime you're gauging it, you know, that's always a good sort of basic gauge to come back to. Does it make you not just you happier, but does it make the people around you happier? You know, it's like I once heard Joe Rogan say, like, you know, like everybody asks him, I don't know what it's what the big deal is, but it's like, you know, oh, you know, it seems like you smoke a lot of marijuana, blah, 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 blah. You know, do you find that that's a detriment or whatever? And he's like, no, it makes me a nicer person. I engage my family on a deeper level. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love what I do. It's like, I love, you know, my performing and all of these things. And he goes, you know, when I started, you know, doing marijuana more, it, I was in a lot of angst and I was angry, a lot of stuff. And I was more aggressive and I was not as kind and all of those things. And now I am, now I have both of those things in a balanced measure. It's like, you know, just replace marijuana with, you know, your spiritual practice and ask yourself the same things, you know, are you more kind? You know, do people just get that? Do they want to be around you? You know, are you complaining all the time now because things seem to be more clear to you or whatever? Are you on a soapbox? Are you preaching all this stuff all the time? It's like, so nobody wants to talk to you anymore. You know, it's like, you know, are you isolating yourself from your family? You know, and they, they don't get to, you know, uh, you know, benefit from your, hopefully your better understanding of the way things work and that your, your novel experiences are making you a more well-rounded person. And you're able to apply that in physical reality in a way that's good for everyone. You know, I mean, does it make you like that? If it doesn't, then you're doing something wrong. That, or it doesn't match with your personality or whatever it is. Find another, find another tradition, find another way of, you know, expressing yourself of having these, you know, um, spiritual engagements. And kind of like a, it's almost like a technical analysis of whether you feel like you are on a path with heart. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, again, we all know those people that are not just charismatic in an artificial way, but like 
they walk into the room and they just glow, right? And everybody wants to talk to them and they're interested and they're interested in them. It's not just a, look, it's Brian the Dancing Bear show. It's like, I, I, I just want to, you know, I want to listen to people's life experiences. You know, it's interesting to me if they're interesting people, right? It's like, you know, like, wow, what's that like? You know, it's like, I never did that before. I mean, what do you get out of that? And how do you, you know, man, climbing mile high rocks with no ropes and shit. I mean, that's just like, that's a fucking terrifying nightmare for me, let alone, you know, but for some people that lights them up, but I'd like to hear their interpretation of that experience for them. That's, that's intriguing to me, you know? So, you know, but we all know people like that. And it's, and it's like, um, and I would say that they have their lives pretty well together if that's the case. You know, because that's not something you can art. You you can't fake that for very long. You know, it's not just like at party time. It's your whole life is like that. So, and you know, who better to reflect that back to you than your friends and your family, your coworkers, right? All the people that are, have some contact with you almost daily, they're going to see a shift. They're going to see a change and they'll let you by their actions you'll know if it's a positive or a negative shift if sally who always used to have lunch with you isn't can't be found for the next month <laughs> pretty much you've been preaching too hard <laughs> or you've just become a prick and nobody wants to be around you anymore you know yeah so yeah so that's it's another good way to gauge that and just kind of have an idea yeah 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 Take a baseline, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good talk. This is great, dude. <laughs> Coming in hot, man. It's good. I like it. All right. All right. Thanks. No problem. I'm gonna get back to uh, more work. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! We'll Sounds fun. There. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, pal. I'll right. uh, I'll speak to you soon and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'll send you the recording and then yeah, check good. it out. Let me know what you think. Sounds good. All right. All right, pal. See ya. See ya.